You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show Friday edition. Let's uh, let's take a look at all of these games Sunday, the entire schedule Sunday, and Matt and I, as we do, pick our six-pack of favorite games for Week 14. This football season has been extremely different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. At BD Peacock on Twitter, the scout Matt Williamson at Williamson NFL. We've got to start with what we saw Thursday to start this Week 14 slate, and that was... Uh, the Patriots getting it flipped around on them from last week and, and nearly getting shut out here. A 24-3 Rams beating the Pats. Pats falling to 6-7. and seven. Rams first place in the NFC West at 9-4. and four. Yeah, I don't think this game's going to take a whole lot of time to recap, but I want to throw one thing out there that I applaud the NFL for doing, and we saw a few examples of it throughout the scheduling season, is for those who don't realize, the Patriots played in L.A. on Sunday, and if you're going to have a short Thursday week, you get back-to-back L.A. games. So I hope that's something they try to incorporate going forward. Like, if you have the Giants and the Jets on your schedule, let's do them back-to-back in New York and maybe make that your Thursday nighter. You know, things like that. I mean, I, I like when they advance the scheduling world a little bit and get a little bit smarter on these teams and don't put them in such a, a bind. Well, it didn't matter. <laughs> they <laughs> yeah. got killed. I, I mean, uh, this was not even a competitive game at all. I mean, I thought the the Rams would win. I thought the the Pats would hang around. Belichick would scheme things up well. They just got totally whooped. I mean, I, I, I think Cam Akers is probably the story. 171 yeah. yards, clear lead back. He has that fantasy league winner feel to him fresh legs finish up the the last month of the season your playoffs are fantasy strong and a couple of these rookies do but the reality to me as great as he looked and as well as they played on offense how about this i mean the rams scored on defense stuffed all three of new england's fourth down attempts held the patriots to three of 13 on third downs had six sacks Kept New England, one of the best rushing teams in the league, just about at 100 yards and only allowed 3.8 yards per play. I mean, the Rams, D, was unbelievable. They were so good. And there was that one point in the game where Goff threw the interception and it was, uh, it was 10, 10, 10 3 at that point. And it was like, mm-hmm. okay, this is, this is where this game's going to get tight and, and we're going to see this go back and forth. It's going to be a tight win. And then Cam threw, uh, threw one back to, uh, the Rams in a pick six, and then from then on it was over because the, the Patriots couldn't get anything going on offense. And I mean, Damian Harris a little bit w- was making some headroom, but that wasn't going to be enough once they got once they got down. And, and Newton wasn't bringing it back. We saw Jarrett Stidham in the game who completed five of seven passes. Um, but I agree with you there that the story to me, and especially since it's uh, personal for me, is that Cam Akers, who's been sitting on my bench all season long, my fantasy football yeah. teams, and I drafted him everywhere. Uh, I, I have either. 
J.K. Dobbins or Cam Akers on my fantasy team. It's a similar story with both those guys. Oh, I and love now them both. Yeah, I'm the same those way. leagues, I made the playoffs that they're going to maybe lead me to somewhere because uh, it was really nice to see Cam Akers in my lineup and getting me huge points on his 29 carries for 171 yards and involved in the passing game. A couple catches for 23 yards there, so nearly 200 total yards. He didn't even have to get into the end zone. And on top of it, Daryl Henderson only had two carries to Cam Akers, 29. I mean, that is the story for uh, that offense yeah. and that running game. And it's clear, and it's been clear, and we already knew it. And it's the same way with J.K. Dobbins in Baltimore. Akers is the, the most explosive back, the most dynamic back. He should be the guy. And now he's finally the guy, and that's pretty clear. Yeah, and, and even Taylor Swift, say Taylor Swift, I love to do that. Um, you know, they've shown signs of taking yes. their backfield over. And I think it took these rookies longer than most of us expected. But this last month might be the month of the rookie back. Maybe even like a Zach Moss, you know? Right, yeah. There's a number of them. Pretty much all the top five, six backs have a chance right mm-hmm. now to uh, to do something. Really, and, and all of them, the, all of the guys that were drafted right behind Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was more valuable earlier in the season. He was the one that was thrown in there right away, and now he's in a sort of a timeshare. Yeah, good point. All right, yeah, let's move on to some of these games and make sure. our... Picks for our Sunday six-pack, Matt. I guess we can start right now. Do you do you want to go first, or do you want to give me the No, honor? go ahead. I think I've gone first lately. Okay. I am going with the Dallas Cowboys. And I know that's a team okay. that has not done well covering, but they're playing a team that I think is markedly worse in the Cincinnati Bengals. The Cincinnati Bengals cannot score on offense, and the Cowboys can. So we'll see if the, the worst offense in the league right now... I, I mean, one of the... I think I would take the Jets offense. Maybe, maybe not the Jets. I would take over the Bengals. You're talking, yeah, the Bengals with what they have at quarterback. Right I would now. take and, every offense over the Bengals. It, and what's what's disappointing for Bengals fans, I'm sure, is their best position group is wide receivers. But it doesn't matter if you've got non-functional quarterbacks matter. that can't get the ball to them, and teams are scoring on them as well. So uh, I I don't think that the Cowboys will have any problems uh, outscoring the Bengals in this one. However, it ends up looking even with how bad that Cowboys defense has been. And uh, I think I'm giving up three points here for the Cowboys. And I'm okay with that. So I'll go Dallas here, which is a team. I don't know if I've taken Dallas one time this year. I agree with you, too. And it's almost entirely based off of Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati's the worst team in the league right now. I mean, if they played the Jets, if they played the Jags, even up, I would take the, the other teams. Um, you can't start Tyler Boyd or Gio Bernard. Their offense might not get to 10 points. And Dallas's defense is terrible. The biggest thing of why I have no problem laying the points, though, is when you look at the four units, the two offenses, the two defenses, there's one good one, and it's still the Cowboys offense. I mean, the Cowboys offense with Andy Dalton and those weapons, they're going to get the 20 points against this terrible defense, and I don't know that Cincinnati can get the 10. I agree. I totally agree there. So that's my first pick. The Cowboys minus three over the Bengals. Who you got in your with your first selection in our Sunday six-pack? Uh, there's a handful I like. I'm going to go with the Giants over the Cardinals. I'm a little hesitant because there's some games this time of year that I I like to say, hey, Matt, what would this, what would you have taken two months from now, you know, or two months ago? Obviously, the Cardinals were the much better team. But this last month, it's not even close to me. I think the Giants are clearly the better team. I think their defense will match up well against Arizona. They play a lot of zone. Uh, Bradbury on Hopkins, big in the middle. I don't think that they'll run on New York at all. 
And I just don't think Kyler's right. In a way, I hope I'm wrong about this game. And Kyler Murray comes out in this game and looks like he did early in the season and is running like crazy and throwing well and his shoulder's fine. But I'm not at Arizona practice all week. I just know what I saw the last couple weeks. And they're very Kyler dependent, and he's not himself. So I think the Giants are a respectable, well-coached team. I, oh, man. I agree. Minus with one the, and a half. Or plus one and a half. Plus one and a half, okay. And I think that line is on the move. People are putting money on the Cardinals, which is the direction I'm leaning. It and, is. And I think the three now, actually. That's the way I would be leaning toward is actually the Cardinals. So I'll go Cardinals okay. in this game. I'm not super confident in this game, but... At one and a half, I just I just think the Cardinals are a better team overall, even though the way those two teams are trending and the way those two teams are playing favors the Giants. I, I just think oh, overall, I hear you. I'm the, a little hesitant. With a healthier Kyler Murray, it's just too much. And they're not a team that's going to run down the teeth of the strength of the Giants' defense. One quick note on the Cardinals here. Larry Fitzgerald told reporters that he did have some symptoms with COVID and lost nine pounds. And he admitted wow. that it was, this is from Darren Urban, uh, he said it was tough not to be concerned about himself given all the deaths around the virus, and he acknowledged that he even updated his will when he when he had some symptoms and was positive with COVID, and it, it made him reevaluate some things. And so that's pretty. I mean, we we tend to get through this. And we're like, oh, let's play the games and whatever. This guy's out with this, and we treat this COVID situation at this point because it's happened so many times, almost desensitized from it, and we're like, well, you know, we're treating it like a sprained ankle or something or a hamstring pull, but. I mean, he he updated his will. I mean, that's how serious this can be for, you know, and luckily we haven't had any of that in the NFL where there hasn't been any deaths or anything like that. But man, for for a guy who's at the top of the heap as far as conditioning and what kind of an athlete Larry Fitzgerald is and, you know, it hit him hard. He lost nine pounds. So one thing we do know about this disease is it affects the elderly more. Right. And. (laughs) <laughs> and, and, and he's I'm, I'm making fun of Larry because I actually consider him a friend I, I mean I know him I remember him when he was 16 catches passes at uh, Academy of the Holy Angels uh, in Minnesota so if he's the elderly then I'm decrepit yeah but, uh luckily he's yeah he's at the <laughs> he's the top one percent of his age group as far as yes uh, yes what kind of shape he's in oh no that's, that's funny <laughs> two down four to go in our Sunday six-pack and we'll preview all of Sunday's games coming up Okay, Matt, we've got Giants and Cowboys so far. And this is one yesterday that you said you didn't want to touch at all. I'm all about it. Revenge game. This is the this is the odd revenge angle nobody's talking about is Deshaun Watson and the Houston mm. Texans over the Chicago Bears. The Bears passed on Deshaun Watson in the 2017 draft. They just weren't that interested in Deshaun Watson. And we know what he's become. Uh, these two teams in a neutral field, um, you know, I don't really like either team so much, but I like Deshaun Watson and, and we've talked about how the bears defense, even though they've carried the team is sort of worn down and, you know, showing some warts a little bit there on that side of the ball. Even the bears offense, I don't believe in at all. I have no idea which way this is going to go, but I'm going to vote for Deshaun Watson, putting that team on his back revenge game for Deshaun Watson, for the bears passing on him in the NFL draft for Mitch Trubisky. Give me the Texans minus one over the bears. If I had to pick a side, that's the one I would, too. For that exact reason, I'll just bet on Watson. I just think that Houston under Romeo Cornell is in a better place right now with a quarterback. I bet times are glum in the the locker room and facility of Chicago. It's just you almost know that we don't have our answer. Things are going bad here. I can't wait for the season to be over. 
where I don't feel like Houston's playing that same tune right now. The fourth pick in our Sunday six-pack, Matt, who do you like here? This is another one from yesterday. I think Seattle just blows the doors off the Jets, and I really like the logic of last year, the or last week the Jets tasted victory just to get it ripped out of their mouth. Now I think human nature is, I'm done with this crap. Let's just get this season over with, where Seattle's the opposite. They've been a little bit down, super proud, successful organization. I think Russell Wilson throws for four, four or five touchdowns. And the Jamal Adams revenge game on the Jets, too. So we, we've of got, course. We've got revenge games galore here. No, I'm with you with that one. Uh, I... 13 and a half. Yeah, that's, that's, it's a lot of points, 13 and a half. But um, the Jets, there's got to be some deflated vibes there with, with how close they came to winning that last game, right? And yeah. it's, it's pretty amazing. There's no wins left on the schedule. So the Jets, congratulations right, on right. Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> I don't know, but who knows? You know, we've seen crazier things, but. Um, I almost got one last week. Yeah, that's not- true. That's true. So yeah, I'm going to go with you, though, uh, with the Seahawks there. So. Yeah, Giants and Seahawks for Matt, Cowboys, Texans for me so far. My last selection this week, I am going to go head-to-head with Chris on a on a selection he made, and he has the Chiefs minus seven over the Dolphins from yesterday. And I, I man, I've been riding the Dolphins so hard this year, and they have been paying off for me so well. I think this game can be close, um, and I think I can get seven and a half points now in some places. Let me double-check on that. That's what I'm looking at yeah, right seven now. Seven and a half. Seven and a half. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'll take Dolphins plus seven and a half. I think they can keep this within a touchdown with the Kansas City Chiefs. And um, they're just too well coached. They're too good. I think they can limit. And there's been, you know, it's hard because we've talked so much this season about the Kansas City Chiefs. Like, they've been so close. And even last week, there was a couple things here or there. The non-touchdown with Tyreek. It could have been a blowout game. They could have put so many more points up. But they just haven't yet. And at some point, you're like, okay, well, that's who this team is. They're not going to blow teams out this year. And, and the, I mean, the, the Dolphins are a team that's that's beating everybody right now. And, and they have blown out some teams. And so uh, I, I know it's... I know it's hard to start really believing, looking at that roster and you know rookie quarterback and, and believe in the Dolphins against a powerhouse team like the Chiefs, but the Chiefs aren't just, even though they're winning, they're, they're not blowing out everybody by three touchdowns, right? So this, this isn't like a college spread where a good team that's coming in with eight wins should be dogs by touchdown plus, in my opinion. So I'm going to go Dolphins. It's interesting because... When I looked at the lines for the first time, it was yesterday. The first game I put a couple of my hard-earned podcast money dollars on was KC minus seven and a half with the thought of people are too high on Miami. Their roster isn't very good. They're going to blitz Mahomes and play man coverage. And we saw what happened when the Bucks did that to Tyreek. And he had 200 yards in the first quarter. And Mahomes kills the blitz. And since then, I don't regret putting that money down and I'm sticking with the Chiefs, but your point is pretty strong in that just against the spread, which is public opinion, and that's what we're doing here, Miami's been awesome because people like me sell them short every week and think, oh, they're okay, but they're not as good as this number. And Kansas City's squeaking by. What I mean, I think they've won, I don't have it in front of me, but I think they've won their last three games by combined like 15 points, like... They don't beat people by 40 anymore. Mm-hmm. 
So I'm a little torn on it. So I didn't make it part of my six pack, but I do have a ducket or two on the Chiefs. And they certainly could blow them out. You know, if a team is going to blow out the other, it's going to be the Chiefs blowing out the Dolphins. But I'm betting on it not going that way. And I can't wait to see the Xavier Howard versus Tyreek matchup this week if they they stick to that man coverage. And and uh, they're one-on-one with blitzers headed toward Mahomes' way. But I have a feeling Brian Flores has some wrinkles to throw at him as well. So that'll be a fun one. Uh, all right, I'm up next here. I've got like eight teams here on my my slate that I've considered. And if you listen to my first pick, the Giants, I wasn't super confident in in, in them. So... Usually there's two or three that I can't wait to pick. And this year there's a bunch that I feel good about, but I don't feel super strong. I'm going to go with my last one, Saints. I'm looking at minus seven. I've also seen it at minus six and a half over the Eagles. I trust one coaching staff so much more than the other. And I I think people are thinking, boy, Jalen Hurts is going to ignite this offense. He gave them a spark last week. I didn't really see that spark. I mean, that spark might have lasted a drive or two. On special teams. They, yeah, <laughs> with Rager returning a punt for the touchdown. Yeah. I mean, we're going to give Jalen Hurts credit for that. Uh, I just think the Saints are – Saints D, I think, will destroy the Eagles' offense. I, I think Taysom I'm with Mills you on this. played a little better, too. I, I hate to say that. No, no, he is. is. Yeah, he's throwing the ball a little bit and uh, yeah. threw a couple touchdown passes last week. So both of those trends, I think, uh, favor the Saints because they're just a better team top to bottom. They're a well-coached team. And the Eagles, they might get a, a Jalen Hurts bump, but it might look a lot the same. And and I kind of lead toward that direction. But we'll see. I mean, that's definitely a game I'm going to tune into because I want to see Jalen Hurts getting his first start. And uh, I think that kind of surprised some people. It surprised me a little bit that... They, they went with Hurts. It was such an odd... And, and let me ask you this real quick before we get to the rest of the games. Do you think it was an odd development path as far as playing time for Hurts? Because I would have thought that, that he would have played more in spot starts and, and mixing him in the games a little bit more earlier in the season, but not taken over so quickly, right? So it was like, it went like, okay, two snaps here, two snaps there. Now you're the quarterback. And instead of like, let's play him a lot throughout the whole season rather than playing a little bit, a little bit, and now it's your show. I think it's yet another example of how this has not been a very well-coached team this year. You know, look at the Taysom Hill, Lamar Jackson, the way they incorporated those guys into the offense. Um, I I didn't love that they kept Flacco on the field a lot when they incorporated Lamar into the action because he just stands there like a statue. But (laughs) anyway, I mean, I I think it's a – maybe he'll prove me wrong, and I'm not a big Jalen Hurts guy – but I think it's a little unfair just to throw him in right now as opposed to we could have brought you along slower. And I frankly would have just stuck with Wentz, try to fix the, what, $40 million problem you've created. But I'm also not in that building. And maybe the best thing for Carson is sit one out, just relax, take a step back. Maybe your knees, you know, something's bugging you more than we know too. Let's get you off the field, hit reboot and see what happens. But I don't think this is going to go well. Yeah, and uh, now if Hurd, I mean, if Hurd takes off with the job, it's his job, period, right? And and the Eagles are going to scramble and try to find someone that'll take on his salary. By I think they can trade him, but they can't cut him because you know right. the other team would take on his guarantees, so they can trade him. But that would mean a team would have to be willing to take on a, a massive portion of that contract, or after June. And you're not going to get much right now, right? Or they can maybe start to cut him after June first or 2022. So there's a lot of sunk costs there with Carson Wentz, and for Carson Wentz now he's you know probably hoping that Hurd looks just like he did at least or worse in the offense. And he gets another shot. And like you said, a little reset and then can thrive down the stretch of the season 
and maybe recapture that job. But it doesn't look like it's going to go in that direction for Carson Wentz and the Eagles. So we might be talking a lot about, okay, who's willing and who's able to take on Carson Wentz's contract in January? Yeah, my hunch when it's all said and done, next year's Eagles camp will be an open competition between Jalen Hurts and Carson Wentz. Mm -hmm. I mean, what they're obviously hoping for is Hurts comes in, lights up the rest of December, and everyone forgets that they were a bad coaching staff this year, and we're going to roll into next year, you know, win the (laughs) NFC East. Yeah, a lot of good vibes Uh, next year, and everyone forgets about their $60, $70 million over the cap, or $50 million, whatever it is that they are going to be over the projected cap. That's going to be a wild offseason. In, uh, in Philly and in a lot of places. Okay, Matt, we've got to get to the rest of these Sunday games coming up on Peacock and Williamson. The more I think about it, the more I love the the Wentz to the Colts Me in too. 2021. Uh, and the Colts was my next pick that I was thinking about picking there. I really like the They're Colts on my list too. over the Raiders this week. And the Colts are favored by three. And to me... Uh, that is not enough, and the Raiders were a team that almost lost to the New York Jets. I mean, that is probably the ugliest win that exists on the 2020 schedule so far this season, and I can't imagine one being worse than than what we saw there, getting a win uh, in the, the last five seconds off of the, the, the silliest play all year uh, with the Raiders beating the Jets last week, and they get a really good defense in the Colts this week. The Colts are on the road, which might dampen the line a little bit here, but I don't think three points is enough. I'm going with eight and four Colts over the seven and five Raiders. Yeah. And if you remember last year, the Raiders started the season strong and then dwindled, dwindled, dwindled. And, you know, they almost lost to the Jets last week. The week before that, they got destroyed by the Falcons. Like, it's been a rough couple of weeks for the Raiders. And quietly, Phillip Rivers is playing well. Like, that's another one I didn't think I'd say, especially when he's not pressured. The Raiders don't rush the passer at all. Um, and you know, the, the Colts offense is quietly playing pretty well. And Jonathan Taylor's taken over the backfield and, um, what they've won three of their last four. I, I, I think the Colts are the, the clear pick here. Josh Jacobs is questionable. He did it's a big deal join practice this week. I think at the end of the week with a limited practice. So even if he does play, he's obviously going to be hobbled on that ankle, which is another factor there for that offense. So, um, yeah, give me the Colts pretty easily in this one. And, and now that the more I talk about it, the more I wish I might've just thrown it into my, my six pack, but, me too. um, me too. <laughs> yeah, so feel confident about this one. This is our six and a half. There you go. Yeah. Let's see what else we got on the Sunday slate here. We have, the nope already covered that game. Vikings add Bucks. This is one of Chris's picks for the Action Network six pack. The Bucks favored by a six and a half in this game at home over the Minnesota Vikings. How do you like this one? Yeah, the Bucks were also on my almost hit list for the the six pack. Um, I worry that I'm putting too much stock in this, but I think a bye week for this team for Tom Brady, his work ethic off the field, his age is so great this late in the year. And the defense hasn't been the same the last month and a half or so either. I think the the bye will do them well. I have respect for the Vikings, but part of me thinks they're playing a little over their head and that Tampa Bay has the better roster top to bottom and that the Vikes D is not quite as good as it's looked. So I'm going to take the Bucks here. I will... I'll take the points in the Vikings, even though I think okay. the, the Bucks can win this game, which is why I don't really like this game at all, and, and I wouldn't really touch it. Um, I think the Vikings offense can do enough and uh, in the passing game. So 
The Buccaneers, you know, obviously haven't shown that they're that team that we thought they were earlier in the season at seven and five now and have lost to too many teams. And so it makes me pause to be like, OK, that's a lot of points for a Vikings team that's playing really well right now, even though their their mm-hmm. wins might not be that beautiful. We talked about the Raiders win over the um, over the Jets, the, the Vikings win in overtime over the Jags might be the next worst on that same scale if I'm going by that. So I'm kind of talking it out both sides of my mouth here by picking the Vikings with those points. But yeah, give me six and a half with the Vikings. I don't know. I hate this game, so I'm not one last note is kind of reminds me of what I said about Rivers that I didn't quite see coming. Kirk Cousins is having a good year and nobody's recognizing it. Oh, he's having a fantastic year. And yeah. the they're the way they were able to plug in a rookie in Justin Jefferson and not miss a beat over the production oh. that they were getting from Stephon Diggs. And some people might say, wait a second. Stephon Diggs is really good. It's like, yeah, but Justin Jefferson's already over a thousand yards. He's 61 catches, 1,039 yards and seven touchdowns on the season. Runaway rookie of the year right now, uh, non-quarterback division, and maybe even considering quarterbacks with what we've seen from Burrow and now Herbert following, uh, faltering a little bit the last couple of weeks. And I just heard if he keeps up this pace the rest of the year, it'll be the rookie receiving record. It beat Randy Moss. Moss was what, 1,400? And I think... Odell was Something like 12 or 12. Odell's was crazy because it was only 14 games. Remember, he missed the first couple of games of his rookie season, oh, yeah. and I think he still had 12 or 1,300 yards that year. That was nuts. I think the other big one was Anquan Bolden. Yes, Bolden. That's right. So Justin Jefferson, that's a crazy path for him to be on right now. Amazing. Uh, so I that's, didn't yeah. see it coming, and he didn't no. do anything the first two weeks. No, I mean, he didn't. Remember, he wasn't even a starter the first two weeks. How about this one? This is the four and eight Broncos at the four and eight Panthers. Panthers are favored by three at home. I'll just take points because I think this is uh, a pretty much a pick'em game, and probably given Panthers too many points as the home team here. If it was even, I'd go Panthers. But since you're giving me points, I'll go Broncos. I 100% agree. I think these teams are very equal. They might even be right next to each other in my power ranks. I don't think the bye week thing applies to Carolina. No Christian McCaffrey like it does to Tampa. I think Denver's turning some corners. I'm not a huge true lock fan, but I really respect their defense. They've got weapons. I mean, I think Fant and Judy and those guys, and Melvin Gordon's running well. They'll do fine against that defense. I'll gladly take the points on that one. That maybe should have been my six-pack, too. No Christian McCaffrey, too, is yeah. is probably just killing some fantasy owners. They're like, well, at least we'll get him back for the playoffs. And and, the, and it's like, oh, he's going to play this week. Oh, no, there's something else. Now he's not going to play. Oh, he's questionable. Nope, he's, he's not going to play again. And like every week, they're probably pulling their hair out. And, and I have him in a league. But luckily, in that league, I have Cam Akers as well. So um, in my keeper league. So he's uh, that, that would help me out a lot. But it has been frustrating watching this oh, yeah. Christian McCaffrey thing, for especially for fantasy owners. And I'm sure for the Panthers, but even more so for fantasy owners. There's more fans than, than Panthers. If I'm the owner of the Panthers or even like the Bengals, I'm not playing Mixon or McCaffrey. Oh no, it's completely unnecessary. Unless he's 100, percent like you know, get him, get him a game if he's actually 100 percent healthy and there's no no reason to keep him out. If there's any reason at all to keep him out, yeah, there's no yeah, don't play Wait that. Yeah, the Titans at Jaguars. The Jaguars at one and eleven have been scrappy, but still continue to lose eleven straight after their. Season opening win, and they're at home hosting the eight and four Tennessee Titans. Tennessee favored by seven and a half here. This is a tough one for me because Jacksonville, there is no quitting them. I mean, their last four or five games, they got beat bad by Pittsburgh, but all the other ones were Green Bay, Minnesota, good teams that they play to the wire. So, I mean, I think they're a lot better than the Bengals, you know, back to a previous conversation. But I also think Tennessee is kind of a 
dangerous team right now too and ready to uh derrick henry your ass off in this game with 200 one of those 200 <laughs> right. yard games i mean how many derrick henry versus jaguar 90 yard runs are there on tape already and does that spell a big point differential for seven and a half points to to take the titans in this game is the question if that's the way it plays out and they just lean on them and say we're better than you so we're going to run you off of the field in this game uh, that's why you know i might lean toward taking some points here but i hate this game i would never bet on it because uh you have to give the titans a lot of points against the jaguars and you have to take the titans here but it's a lot of points so i stay away yeah uh, with the point if i have to take a uh, pick it aside I'll take the seven and a half, but if it was six and a half, I'd take Tennessee. I'm exactly with you 100%. All right, we're seeing eye to eye on that. Let's move on to the Packers at Lions. Uh, this one is, uh, now the line is off here. What's going on? Is there is there COVID? I think Kenny Galladay and Swift are both questionable, and that's probably enough okay. to keep the line down. We got seven and a half. Last one I saw was eight. Okay, okay, seven and a half. Seven and a half now. Yeah, Packers favored by seven and a half on the road at the Detroit Lions. Um, yeah, and... I know the Lions got a little bump there from getting a new head coach, but uh, I don't think they're going to be able to ride that wave against the Packers. So give me the Packers. I'll give up seven and a half points against those Detroit Lions. Even though, you know, the divisional matchups, those are the ones where you might like to take the points in a lot of cases. And the new coach bump, maybe that's enough. I'm a little torn on this one, too. 55 over under. I was about to say, boy, but I like the over because I think Aaron Rodgers will have no resistance against this defense. And Devontae Adams could be the number one scorer in fantasy wide receivers. But I like the way Stafford played under the new coach. I'm hoping Galladay and Swift play. And I could see this being more shootout-ish than you think. I'll take the eight. Again, if this was six and a half, I would take the pack. But I don't have any respect for the Packer defense. That's going to haunt them. The, the That yeah. Packers D is going to haunt them when they get into January. And it might not haunt them against the Detroit Lions, but you know if uh, if Galladay ends up playing and Stafford, they might be able to put up, put up some points on them. So, yeah, could be very shootout modey there in that game yeah. in Detroit. Let's move on to the Falcons at Chargers. Atlanta favored by two and a half here. Uh, I will take the points and go with the Chargers just because I think this is the most... These are the, the most two like teams in the NFL right now with how they're able to find ways to lose, but they can put up some points on offense. Uh, Chargers at home, the home dog here. Uh, I know that a lot of it has been made about the Chargers recently and, and how bad they've played and, and how they've been uh, finding ways to lose, but I see a bounce back from a team that was embarrassed and, and completely shut out last week. So don't feel great about it. Give me the points. Chargers over Falcons, who you got here? Falcons by two and a half, by the way. Yeah, I'll take Atlanta. Um, you might be right that these are the most two alike teams and ways to lose games, but the Chargers are 32nd and the Falcons would be 31 with a huge gap because the Chargers <laughs> are just so damn good at it. Yeah. You just, you know, special teams and things like that. I expect a Herbert bounce back game. I don't expect the Chargers bounce back game. I just think the Falcons quarterback, even coach, are more stable, more trustworthy. No Julio, though. I just, just read that. I forgot I read that like half an hour ago. He's out. Yeah, no Julio Ooh. is tough. Um, now do I don't you, like it as much. Is this an over game? 49 and a half. I feel like this Probably. should be Probably. That Julio thing just puts a wrench in everything I just said, though. Yeah. And the thing is, though, with Calvin Ridley and who's been banged up all season and yeah. uh, I mean, Zacchaeus and they, they've had some stinks, other, so. 
they've had some other receivers step up really well when they Julio's have. been out. So I don't know if that's going to be that. Obviously, you want to have Julio in there, but I don't think it's so much of a factor that you would completely flip on on the pick here. But I already had the Chargers anyway. Yeah, I'm not going to, but I originally thought this one through with Julio being in there, and now he's not. And It's another one. Why would you rush him back, too? Game of the week, Sunday night. We get a good one in prime time. This is the Buffalo Bills at 9-3, and three, hosting the 11-1 and one Steelers, who are coming off their first loss of the, ste- of the season. The Steelers still unbeaten on, on the road, though. They are 5-0 uh, and oh on the road. Can they keep that streak going against the Bills, Matt? I think this is going to be a really, really good game. And I think Buffalo is playing better right now. I think they're, I'm not saying they're the better team, but they are playing better right now than Pittsburgh. Steelers are dogs though, right? I mean, they're getting two and a half. Is that what you're looking at? It started at two and a half and now it's all over the place. some money's coming in on the Steelers. I'm seeing two and one and a half in some places now. Okay. I'm, I'm just going to, I was going to take the points in this game and here's going to be a big time homer call by me, but. Tomlin wins these games. Prime time, you know, Monday night, Sunday night, his record's ridiculously good. He might slip up against the the NFC team that people take lightly, but it's never against the AFC team that's a that's a contender. This is a Tomlin type of win. One thing that I think the Steelers will do against Josh Allen that some teams have not been able to do and and that on Monday Night Football against the 49ers they weren't able to do is get consistent pressure on him, force him into some of those mistakes because you need mistake mode Josh Allen. You need bad mode Josh Allen because it was too easy for him last week just moving around, finding time, uh, getting hitting his receivers late in the play if they weren't open early in the play and he had receivers running all over the place open so much in that game and I think it's going to be a lot more difficult for him against the Steelers and uh, that defense the way they're playing right now so that's I think the path you got to get bad Josh Allen got to get some of those turnovers in uh, easily a Steelers victory and I think in this one it, it should be a pick em anyway so I'm with you give me the points if the Steelers were favored I'd take the Bills yeah I'm mean, here saying uh, just quick injury notes the Steelers have been a lot more banged up the last two weeks than people realize I mean they they squeaked one out against the Ravens and all, all anyone could talk about was Look at all the Ravens that are out. Well, the Steelers have been without Connor, Pouncey, uh, their starting corner, Nelson, Hayden left the game. It looks like all those guys are coming back. The Bills are quite healthy, by the way. But all three of the starting, uh, the top three Steeler inside linebackers are all out. And that doesn't seem like that. I mean, Bush is the big deal. But I worry about all the crossing routes and Beasley and digs behind them. Mm-hmm. More in the passing game, I'm more worried about that inside linebacker situation because neither one of these teams run the ball. I don't think this is the week that that Steelers run game really hurts them too much. I think eventually it could right. in January. But yeah, the Bills don't really run the ball all that well either. So I'm with you. Middle of the field being open with uh, with backup linebackers is probably going to be the problem for the Steelers defense. Yeah, but I'm, I agree with you that Allen will get hit. All right, should be fun. I like a lot of these matchups here in week 14, and we'll come back Monday and, yeah, break them all down. Some major playoff conversations, I'm sure, next week after these week 14 games. We'll have it all for you every day right here on the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show.